0: This podcast is at and I'm Chuck Norris, and I approve this game. Between the time when gamers played with miniatures and chainmail, and the rise of the Wizards of the coast, there was an age of advanced role-playing on to the sky gas destined to bear the jeweled crown of TSR upon a troubled brow It was given to teach us all how to rule for initiative Ladies and gentlemen uh, Let's get her
1: The Rover for Initiative Podcast, Volume Number Three, Issue Number One Forty One. DM Vince sitting with DM Matt. Hello, everyone, and DM Nick. Mazel Tov. DM Chad is off this week because he has the pleasure of being at GaryCon this week for us. Yes, curse him. He is so on he's...
2: location as we speak.
1: Yeah, he's reporting live. No, wait, no, no, he's not. <laughs> I'm he's live from, from
3: GaryCon. <laughs>
2: No, I didn't That'd say 1940 great. videotape. Yeah. yeah. He went old school all the way, including communication means. He's, a he's got a oh, reel-to-reel man. he's doing his interviews on. Reel-to-reel? He's he lugging that around. <laughs> yes. He's got a Sherpa. Oh, my God.
3: The lucky guys at GaryCon. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we, have North, we have North Texas RPG. Oh, sorry, Nick.
3: Shut yeah. up! R- hey, R- Origins <laughs> two months. Yep. Origins.
1: Wow, well, that's good. And then Con. RF- and then get us some recordings there at Origins.
3: I'll record you brushing my teeth. My, I'll br- brushing my <laughs> teeth. I'll record that. And
1: then, no, I don't want to keep brushing your teeth, dude. Well,
2: <sighs> oh, we've done that already. I, yeah, we've we, been there, yeah, done that.
1: I don't need you to wake up and looking out the window or anything like that.
2: <laughs> Wayne and Wax about the view from your. Uh, Fifth story uh hotel room. Waxing so we're back. I know it's been a
1: couple of weeks, but uh you know, things happen and life happens and yep. people have parties to go to and wives have birthdays and, yeah.
2: and stuff. Family Straight shows day. up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, damn family. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know
3: anything about that, would you, Vince? No.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, no. Not at all. I only have a wife and family too, so I don't know. <laughs> So what have you been doing, Nick? What's, have you been gaming at all?
3: or? Um, did a little bit of gaming, actually. My, my friend Jeff, his uh, nightly campaign, which is like a, I think I've told everybody, it's kind of like Game of Thrones kind of thing, made it to its climax a few weeks ago. Phrasing. Phrasing. Sorry, phrasing. Uh, <laughs> but the, the height of the campaign was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and we're gonna take a break from that and we're gonna i'm gonna start a new campaign i'm gonna get behind the old dm screen once again and uh but uh, my campaign is gonna be world of greyhawk and in fact i pulled the um was it city of greyhawk box set stuff which i read through again i'm really surprised even though it was written for second edition it was like right yeah. at the very beginning of second edition ad and d in eighty nine, I'm really surprised that it seemed like it was probably written for first edition, but it got released for second edition. That's why it was somewhere in between there. I'm going to use that plus uh, the castle, of the mad archmage. I'm using that for my castle Greyhawk. So it's going to be all based right in the center of of, of that game world. So we're going to have right. the city. We're going to have a city campaign, but half day's trip down the road. There's a 13-level mega dungeon that you can go play around in. (laughs) So I'm I'm really excited about it because it's kind of like a little bit of both, a little political intrigue, a little bit of, uh, you know, backstabbing going on in the city. But if you guys want to go off and find the Great MacGuffin on level 10 of... The castle, Greyhawk, go right, go for it. You know, I'll, I'm figuring out how ways to tie the two things together from time to time. You know, mini quests that they might want to go on, but yeah, that's my next campaign. I'm really, really excited about it.
1: So, being an owner of both versions of the castle, may uh, mad whatever. I can't speak to Which one hard. are you going to be using? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Word's well, hard.
3: you know, um, I, I think I'm gonna. I'm going to use bits and pieces of of, of it, of the yeah. the original along with the published one. But uh, – and, of course, I'll tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit of what my my ideas uh, right. of the place could be. But, yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about of going with it. So I'll keep you guys informed.
1: Cool. cool. Yeah, yeah definitely let us know what you do. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be For really me- fun. For me, I'll be running... I don't know when this comes out, but hopefully Matt will have it out by Thursday. Yeah. Matt. And <laughs> Should be done by then. And, uh, yeah, I'll be hosting a one-shot over at the Reaper Mini Game Store for first edition while the regular DM is out of town. Nice. I Picked what? up the rain, throw a one-shot up together. That's on uh, April 5th. No, 4th. At the Reaper Gaming Store right here in Denton. If anyone wants to come down that's listening that's in the area, feel free. And then... WrestleMania Sunday yup
3: yep. what are you running know, for one shot
1: I'm running a module that was in a dungeon magazine that's all I'm going to tell really? you oh, uh,
3: okay.
1: nice.
3: what no tomb of horrors
1: <laughs> <laughs> no no tomb of horrors no 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 no, no just I not walk a... the door
3: <laughs> you die oh <laughs>
2: thanks <laughs> I want the adventure to last more than an hour or so. Okay. But no, you could just run it like a DCC character funnel.
1: (laughs) I despise the funnel. I like the game, but I despise the funnel. That's why it's optional. Yes. I know, exactly. The game's good. Funnel, no. Just not for me. Not my cup of tea. Hmm. Not your funnel of tea. No. I was thinking about running uh, some... um, Top secret SI, but I can't really find any players for it. So I decided hmm. to put that on the burner for now. Mm. Yeah. After watching all, I've been you know, catching up on Archer, the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the mood to grabbing top secret, and I'm like, hmm. So, but no one seems to really want to play you it. Can so run, it's on the- you, can,
3: you can run a uh, scenario having to do what's going on in Ukraine right now. Actually, it'd be pretty good. Very true. Yes. Yeah. Since uh, the Matt, Russians are putting all their troops in there.
2: Putting all their uh, troops. Ba Ba ha ha ha. Matt, you? Uh, my group, uh, we're just continuing the Ravenloft campaign. Um, they explored the house on Griffin Hill. Their, oh. their first idea when approaching this house was just to burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, let's just, we know. We need to do something in here. Let's just burn it down. That's like the response to everything: light it on fire or steal it. Yes, mostly huh? if it's a building, they burn it down, then add, take out whatever they need out of the ashes. <laughs> but they decided not to, and actually explored it. At which point, they ran into the uh, ghost of Lady Godfrey and uh, managed. First, off, to... I
3: thought you were going to say Ghost of Lady Gaga, but
2: <laughs> that that would be f- too frightening. They're not a high enough level nah, for nah, that. Nah, nah, nah. Um, But anyways, uh, yeah, they ran into the ghost of Lady Godfrey, at which point managed to not have any level train because they actually decided to talk to the ghost as opposed to doing combat with it. Cool. And she told them, yeah, she basically wants them to resurrect the dead body of Lord Godfrey, who is the Lord of the domain, so she can kill him himself since he killed her when she was alive. She wants to but kill his physical form.
1: Is he the master of his own domain?
2: Yes, he is. Phrasing, phrasing. phrasing. <laughs> hey, that was a Seinfeld one. It was fine. It was PG on TV. <laughs> so, yes, now they're going to going to uh, Lord Godfrey's tomb so they can bring him back alive so this ghost can kill him. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, how are the two children doing? Uh, the two children are doing okay. Right now, they are being babysat by the two uh, sisters that run the herbalist shop in town that were trained in monster hunting by Dr. Van Richton.
3: Oh, then they should oh. be perfectly safe.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's still alive? He's uh, alive? No, he just disappeared. They don't know what happened uh, uh, to him. Uh, okay. So, that yeah, the kids have a babysitter at the moment. While they go tomb raiding and resurrecting corpses of domain lords. Yeah. Just another day in Ravenloft. Sounds good. Yep.
3: Another day in Ravenloft. Just another day in Ravenloft. Just you saying that. (laughs) (laughs) The irony.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good.
3: And what about anything for you, Vince? Anything else going on?
1: No, oh, not really. You know, kind of been meh, meh,
2: meh.
1: Oh well. I I found a a copy of uh, Conspiracy X by um, I can't. Eden Studios. It was
3: Eden Studios? I believe.
1: Yeah, Eden Studios. That kind of creeps cool. me out.
2: Yeah, I have does the, it? I have the Girth yeah. version.
1: You have the GURPS one, Matt? Yeah, you I
2: have the GURPS. I haven't played it, though, but I found it like, for $2 at half price books. I'm like, damn, eh, for 2 bucks.
3: It's just the whole Alien Greys abduction thing kind of gives me the.
1: Ugh. It's perfect for an X Files game if you want to play an X Files oh, game. Oh, yeah,
3: man. don't get me
2: wrong. That would be. It's just, I don't know, something. Ooh. <laughs> A little <Yeah>. uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that's what you could do. Take your top secret SI game and just throw in some Conspiracy X. Mhm. Just then, then you really have an X Files game.
1: Yeah, let's try a little bit of water in your mouth, Nick. And uh, <laughs> all right, let's head over to. Oh, oh no, no stars, Nick. Right?
3: No, there are no new stars at iTunes. Yeah.
1: So
3: okay. no, Christopher Walken no. this week. No. Oh. Hey, what? I'm still here
1: hey you just came with Christopher Walken
3: sticky in the eye with a soldering iron. eye It'll
1: hurt. <laughs> his movie is on uh, Netflix finally the seven psychopaths that we were yes, talking about yes
3: loved it I- <laughs> oh it's good? okay yes
1: <laughs> you have to watch it semi queue on Netflix anyway let's head to some sage advice sage advice Sage advice this week, we have some emails and some voicemails. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call 570 865 4210 the hotline. That's right. I remembered it after three weeks of not saying
3: it. Yes. This week's
1: RFI staff at gmail.com is our website uh, email address. You can also go to the website, rfipodcast.com, and click on contact us. And you can fill out a form in case you uh, have no access to your email, but oddly enough, have access to your internet. Yes. <laughs> which is okay. kind of. That's like when at work every time I fill out this thing for people at work to set up the website. It says, "Do you have internet access?" It's just like, why would I even have that question there? Shield <laughs> access if I did have internet access or not? Jeez. And um, you can go on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash RFI Podcast. You can follow RFI Podcast on Twitter for show announcements only. No one actually really responds because it's just a feeder. Um, you can follow me on Twitter too, the Evil GM. No, the evil DM, excuse me. On, <laughs> on uh, Twitter, um, you could follow us on uh, G plus at RFI podcast. We have our own community group. where you can go and leave feedback. And you can find if you could find us on Facebook and or G plus, you can follow us there, too. But we're not going to tell you the address. Ha. Huh. No, I'm so kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can find us pretty easily just by going to the fan yeah. pages. We're
3: everywhere. See. We're all over the place.
1: Yes, uh, we are. You can find us on various things. We are on the Windows phone now for finding our podcast on the media podcast outlet. I know some people were, very few were saying, well, why can't I get your podcast? Apparently we had to email into the Windows phone media people to get our podcast added to the RSS feed. So we're there there now. Yeah. Now we're across every medium possible. Are you sure about that? No, he's
3: not. Now you have me down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, now you have me down. No, yeah. do I? do? Are we? Ah, we're not in print,
2: though. <laughs> yes, we, we need someone to transcribe our podcast. So yeah, if that's... you like
1: transcribe our podcast, please email DM Nick at Nick at com. No, I'm kidding. It d- don't write that address. It doesn't no, exist. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it did at one point. I will I will say that, but it doesn't anymore.
3: We're going to our next podcast, though. We're going to do it in semaphore. <laughs>
1: You can find the RFI podcast in Braille at your local store. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: the semaphore <laughs> version of Roll for Initiative.
1: <laughs> let's um
0: let's play our first voicemail. <laughs> yes. I was talking about your podcast. I listened to it, really enjoyed it. You had wanted some new ideas for your show. How about a push by all podcasts to bring back the old box edition? I've heard you mention several times on each of your podcasts about the water deep, all the water deep, the other mountain. I have all those, pot, all those box editions from when I was younger, and they're still in mint condition. And every time I open them, I still feel that same thrill. There's always something new to find in the, the books. It would be something for game companies to actually bring back box sets with maps, supplements, two or three different source books, I would love to hear a show just on box positions, the ones we've had, the ones that might come out, ideas for new ones, and maybe, like I said, even get a petition going to have Wizards or many of the other up-and-coming game companies to have them start putting out box sets. My name is Will Franco. Y'all have a good day. All
1: right. Well, thank you, Will. Um, box Mr. Acts, Franco. Uh, Yes, yeah, so I know box sets. Like Matt, you were saying before the show, the box sets are pretty expensive to make for gaming companies. Right,
2: they're expensive, and plus, if you, in the case of like wizards, you they would have to have a buy-in from the various like mainstream bookstores that carry their yeah. stuff. At which point, they don't necessarily want a bunch of boxes taking up their shelves. Yes, they'll pick up maybe like the like a beginner set or something. But if there was a lot list of like. 30 box different box sets they're not going to carry all of them. So Yeah, the,
1: I've only starter like once for fourth edition listening to like Barnes and Nobles or I've never seen
2: any real box sets there at the bookstores. Right. Um there Amazon it, like yeah, there is right now though a Kickstarter for the <gasps> City State of the Invincible Overlord. Yeah, I that, heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'll throw a link to that in the show notes and they're going to have all the maps and the soft cover book and printouts of maps if you donate enough money and whatnot. So you can kind of get your box set. But at no point in time, though, do I think they're actually putting it all in a box. So it's like a box set without the box, but it has all the maps and everything. So, Well, didn't uh,
3: Wizards put out a box set for like D&D? like a basic rules
2: kind of setup thing. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was actually they just uh, used the Menser Red Redbox cover art mm-hmm. and made that for Essentials. And they did a few other things, Just, but it was all very broad products to where anyone looking to get into the game would just be able to buy that and play it. Whereas yeah. if you start doing campaign settings, that's you start narrowing your market. Not all gamers need to buy that.
1: Pathfinder did do a bunch of boxes. They did um, beginner box set, which levels one to four or five, I believe. Then they had the beastery box set that just had like a bunch of cutouts for you can just use for monsters. Mm-hmm. And I think it had any adventure in it, but uh, I don't remember seeing anything else. Yeah, but but you set. notice
2: though, they're not actu- most of them are not campaign settings, and I think that's really oh. what he's referring to. They're all I, like introductory products. That no. any gamer would use, not just those that are interested in, like, the Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance or Ravenloft, or whatever. Uh,
1: Legend of the Five Rings. AEG put out Second City as a box set. Yeah. Okay. So that's the only box that I've ever seen as a campaign. That's, like, for an up-current game. So for 4th edition Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah. They even stopped doing them. I,
2: well, didn't Fantasy Flight... Star Wars, uh, Fantasy just... Flight, but those are, again, I've not been following their game enough because they seem to be releasing new box sets quite a bit, but I think they're all just the rules so you can play in, like, the Rebellionaire, the rules so you can play in this other area, the rules so you can play in this. <laughs> ah, oh, so, so they're just books, okay. They're books with, but they're in box form, so I'm sure there's other stuff in them. Again, I've not been following the new Fantasy Flight game as much books as I should
1: B.W.A. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so there you go. Well, I I know that Jason did come on the podcast and when we talked to Luke Gygax a while back for his campaign world that was in the new Gygax magazine, I think two or three. They were talking about uh, possibly bringing back like one of the old school box sets in the future if, uh, if they could figure out a way that it was cost effective and not an arm and a leg for fans to pay for. So that you may be looking forward to that. That'll be something to throw back to 1E e era. There we go.
3: That could happen. You never know.
1: Never, never know. Let's go on to our next voicemail.
0: Hey, RFI staff. This is DM George, and I have a question about DMing for uh, younger kids. I think we're probably all around the same age. And we have... Uh, younger kids in our lives and our families and uh i find that when i try to include my my kids who are still in their their uh preteen years i have to be a little bit more of a railroad dm than usual i just wondered if you guys had any other uh hints or tips for running campaigns or adventures in uh first edition for younger kids thanks very much i'd go on except the uh the vomit in my mouth is starting to uh up when I start to think about DM Crispy. Anyway, <laughs> thanks
1: again. Have a great day. Uh, <laughs> I guess the, he was the one that wrote the either the Crispy comment or maybe he's just following along with the yuck. Crispy. I don't care
3: about DM George. You're awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Hmm.
1: I know there was Dagger for Kids. Uh, yes, that came. Out. I have a copy of that for being part of the OSR superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is in the second round. I didn't make it to the second round. Darn me. But second round is uh, going forward. Forgot to mention that in the announcement section. Sorry about that, Eric. Uh, I meant to do that again. Uh, he's been graciously uh, coordinating the whole project, been doing a great job, finally got all the second round, and now I think now you have to design a monster for second round, I believe, is what he said. Mm. So we'll see what happens.
3: Now, as far as gaming with kids, I guess I probably got the most experience of doing it here because I run a campaign a bunch of younger ones around uh, 12, 13 years old right now. And, um, yeah, (laughs) in a way, a lot of times it's like herding cats, (laughs) you know, (laughs) almost impossible to corral into. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be a kind of railroady with the plot so you could keep them on task. And that's okay, you know. That's perfectly fine because you're talking about young players. They're still learning the the fundamentals of a role playing game and what's involved with it. So, you know what? If you need to be railroady, you know that it's fine. It's fine. They, they they're just they're there to have fun, and 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 of all the the knowledge about the game will come later on. And eventually, we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll sink in. So. I don't know as far as any recommendations for like a, a, a railroady type adventure, but you know you know, keep on the borderlands is good and it depends on what version of D and D I guess you're playing too. So but if you're talking first edition, I could say Keep on the Borderlands is really good. Uh a Cult to against the Cult of the Reptile God, one of my favorites. It's a great has great one. It's got a little bit of everything in it. So yeah, and also uh, so yeah, you gotta gotta railroad them a little bit. Just I don't want to call it railroading; it's just like focusing them, keep right. them focused. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the hard things. And also, I, yeah,
1: I was gonna say when I was a kid playing D and D for the first time, the, the great Joe DM, <gasps> not the great, <laughs> oh DM, who was DMing for us. He was quite—I mean, I wouldn't say a lot older than us. He was probably five or six years older than we were. And when he was, I mean, he didn't really run modules at all. He he kind of no, you really can't do that. But all right, you could try doing this. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the kind of approach: just let them kind of do whatever they want, and kind of just let them do it and show them the consequences of doing it.
3: Right. You could do it that way, but sometimes they get, at least with my group, I don't know, they get really distracted easy. They like
1: distracted.
3: That's why I said sometimes it's like herding cats. So it's like impossible TV to turns
1: do. on, they go run in the other room, or
3: it's like you know, oh look something's shiny, you know, <laughs> over here, and they're talking amongst themselves, little inside jokes here and there. And it's like sometimes after a while you're like, oh my
1: gosh, come on guys, it's
3: taking yeah, two the- hours to get, it's taking two hours to get through combat. Come
1: on, <laughs> that's a normal group. to people talk and do inside yeah. jokes.
3: Well, I know, but theirs is a little more uh, running on and on and on and on.
1: But Yeah, but that's kids, dude. That's how they are.
3: Oh, I know that. I'm just saying, (laughs) those are the things you have to expect. But sometimes you just, you know, they have to, you kind of have to bring them back into the game and get focused on what's going on in the game, too.
1: Well, that's when you start attacking and killing people.
3: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) <laughs> One of the things yes. that I found out that I'm probably going to implement next time is at least if you're talking like like he's talking preteens, you know, maybe just play for a couple hours and take like a break for like 20, 30 minutes, you know. And Before then takes, get back into
1: it. Take it every hour.
3: Yeah. You, know. however you want to do it. I just know one of the things I'm gonna try is like maybe there's like a, a point where you just like everybody take a break from the game and just do whatever and then we'll come back back to it, you know?
1: Well so. that's what I do when I play at the local gaming store. I'll play for like two, maybe three hours and I'll be like, All right, fifteen minute break, everyone go gets get their food and they go to the bathroom mm-hmm. they, you know, bull crap for a while and then we're good to go.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, two two to three hours is actually the length of time me and my gaming group will just game, period. After mm -hmm. that, we're done. We're going and we'll see each other next week. Anything longer than that, it's just like, okay, we, we, even as grown men, will be like, okay, we need something else.
3: We get together once a month, my regular game group, and we probably game six, eight hours. But we take like (laughs) a break. Oh, no, I'm not kidding.
1: No, like, I'm left because I had a friend who used to win a game for like 12 to 24 hours straight. Oh my god! Oh
3: uh, no! I couldn't do that anymore. No. It's like, I get
1: oh, it. it's only. <laughs> even like, "It's only midnight." I'm like, "Dude, we've been playing since 12." Oh, it's only midnight. I'm like, "Oh, I'm tired. Need sleep, sleep,
3: sleep." But yeah, I don't know. Those are just some, some ideas, some things that you can do, and there's a lot of good stuff out there you could do, and just. Find out what they want out of the game. I think that's the number one thing. Ask them what they want out of it. See right. what they want. What, what their expectations are.
1: And, and don't get. No, yeah, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> so that's uh right. Those just a few ideas.
1: There we go. All right, let's jump over to our emails. Okay. First one comes from Alex, and he says, "I am currently in the process of writing a campaign for my players." The party is enlisted to stop Ravad, Revad, the Reviled, a lich who is trying to terrorize the countryside. Now, about the lich, he became a lich several years back after he was killed by a party of adventurers, in parentheses, the PC's characters from a previous campaign. Ravad's father became a lich in his later years, as did his grandfather long before that. So we're in a long line of liches here, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. His father and grandfather were both a legend in their time, terrorizing the countryside and taking over the world. Ravad's intentions to do the same thing, intends to do the same thing, but he just has one problem. He's a bit short on funding. (laughs) So, So he has to be a mighty lich, in quotes, by the way, on a rather small budget. Now we arrive at my problem. I'm at a loss as far as how he might manage to pull off some th- some budget versions of some AD&D staples. Yeah. I have some ideas as to well. how he might pull off a fake teleport room. He could cast darkness in the room, release a bit of heavier-than-air sleep gas into the room to knock out small animals, and have the room be on logs, <laughs> which he would have someone, some large creatures such as ogres roll to some other place he could then remove the darkness spell on the party has been successfully been teleported via via to the new room unfortunately this is the only idea i've managed to come up with yet i would really appreciate if you guys can give me some a bit of input on some low budget traps and the like that might work for my lich on a budget (laughs) lich on a budget that should be a campaign Into perspective, the Lich owns a fortress, but he doesn't have much more than 50,000 gold to his name. And some of that goes to his minion salary and benefits. (laughs) So he had a union contract with the local kobold union? Some of that goes to the minion salary benefits and towards his undeath insurance. (laughs) Well, they have undeath insurance. (laughs) Yes. Anyways, thank you guys for doing what you do. Key with the great work.
2: <coughs> so he has a union. The, the Lich has a unionized council behind him. This needs to be some sort of web comic or something. <coughs> I, I need to know more about this Lich and his day-to-day business dealings. He sounds like a bumbling Lich. Definitely.
3: Yeah. I'm just completely confused.
1: <laughs>
3: because... Hmm. He's the DM, right? Yeah. And this is game his game world, right? Right. The lich is on a budget. Why in the name of all nine hells do you even worry about things like money for a lich? If he's going to be an all-powerful lich, make him all-powerful. Don't worry about things like unions and But unda- he
2: doesn't want him to be blood. all-powerful. He wants him to be an inept lich. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay then.
2: He He's the comedic I, relief lich. Like apparently yeah, I
1: think it's so. going, like, going more for like a story and a whole developed character
2: thing and trying to throw maybe a little fun into it. All right. Way. Yeah, you go in thinking you're going to have to deal with this like vicious, oh, okay. evil I mastermind lich. It's serious. No, okay, this, well, I, I would hope this is a tongue-in-cheek campaign.
3: I, I, that's what – because that's what it seemed like to me too. It seems very kind of tongue-in-cheek and somewhat –
2: the fact that he wrote some of it goes to his
1: minion's salary and benefits and then towards his un death insurance should tell you right there. He's just kidding, I hope.
3: Right. Yeah, I hope so, too. So, I don't know. <laughs> Lynch on a budget.
2: Well, if you want to be able to confuse people, what about if you had, say, like an intersection, like a hallway that was kind of like on the equ- uh, equivalent of a large lazy Susan? That So basically as they walk through it, it rotates around – so it that passage is now a dead end, and that passage now links something else.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. I say well, on the platform. Actually, nothing's moving except the ground, and they think they're moving, but they're not really moving. Right, mm. and it opens up another passageway to somewhere else, and they've been moved somewhere totally else.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, um, the, and this is where Grimtooth traps. Those books are great because it has traps on a budget in there. Yeah,
3: I was just to su- suggest Grimtooth's traps. They for stealing my thunder.
2: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Wow. <laughs> oh, What's no, it? that would be something. The Lich actually has to strike out a contract with Grimtooth himself. To oh, add. there you go. There you go. Yeah, you can that's make it. it. Part. Actual
3: Grimtooth.
2: Yes, All right. There. Yeah, I like it.
1: So maybe okay. the Lich could invest some of his gold into some stocks and try to increase his worth.
2: Right. Mm, or no, go. no, probably what happens, he did that, and that's how he lost his fortune. And yeah. Maybe he invested
1: with the Wolf of Wall Street, and that's what happened.
2: The Werewolf of Wall Street. The Werewolf of Wall Street. There you go.
1: Yes. Why does he only have 50000 gold? You would think a lich would have more. He doesn't need more than that just to become a lich in itself. Well, no.
2: He spent all of his money becoming a lich. He, d- he, was, he didn't save and plan ahead. He was so in rush to become a lich, he blew all of his money.
3: It's it's That's, like the kid who saved up all of his money to get the Xbox One, but can't buy
2: any freaking games for it. Right, because he only uh, saved enough for the system itself. He saved enough for right. the dungeon and to cover some initial cost, but oops, I forgot about the traps, and now I yeah, have no money.
3: I, I don't th- have things like plumbing.
1: <laughs> right, I'm looking at that. So his grandfather became a lich. Then his father became a lich, so he followed in the footsteps of the... Wouldn't the grandfather have killed the father, I mean, when he became a lich? Or maybe the father would be
2: killed the grandfather when he became a lich. And
1: then he killed his father to become a
2: lich? Yes. So that's... We're developing this guy's
1: backstory for this lich now as we speak. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: But unfortunately, he... And the whole thing was, okay, kill my grandfather, become... And I become the powerful lich, but then he reads his grandfather's will... And he didn't get left anything. So and, they're
3: kind of like Sith Lords. You have to kill your master. Yeah.
2: Okay, except, they really also, cool. except they also believe in honoring wills after okay. killing the person.
3: You sign this contract. Oh, because, okay. So he's a
1: half-Lich slash demon. Because <laughs> he's got contracts in there. Now, it would be really cool if the Lich had a stutter. <laughs> stutter.
2: <laughs>
3: Can't cast spells properly.
2: Yeah, he
1: stutters the whole
3: time. Well,
2: no, he he casts spells, but sometimes they do. You have to make a roll, and then there's a unusual effect that goes with it as well. You do do,
3: interesting things.
2: Yes, this is where like if you had a fumble spell chart could be useful.
3: Ah, uh, there you go. Refer to the Hackmaster rules. Yep. <laughs> I, I do like this miss-
1: spell mishap. <laughs> We'll teleport a room, a.k.a. B.A. Baracus, knock them
2: out for the A-team and bring them to a different location. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nice. Stink Cloud. Or, if you didn't have a Stink Cloud, couldn't afford to cast the Stink Cloud spell repeatedly, you just have, like, a a room that's sealed fairly well and a bunch of farting ogres above it.
3: Nice.
1: That's kind of disgusting, Matt. It
3: is very disgusting.
2: But I it can't believe you said that Stink Cloud on a budget which, <sighs> which is cheaper, cast the ingredients For Stink Cloud or feeding an ogre A cow
3: No, you feed them Taco Bell
2: Ah yeah.
1: you Or you feed Or you feed the, the uh, Feed a horse beef a <laughs> Yes <laughs> That'll work Anyway, Alex uh, Get the Grimtooth traps They are traps for on a budget They're pretty good Yep. Hell uh, of no, than Adam, I'm not sure exactly. I have to sit down and actually think about some good traps for that.
3: If it were me, next I just hand was... wave all the crap.
1: <laughs> Literally the crap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, next email comes in from Adam, and he says, Hi, RFI. Amazing podcast you guys put out. Sorry. I'm listening from the beginning, and it's amazing. It even encouraged me to start playing D&D again with my nephews. Cool. Yeah. My question is, in Episode 72, Volume 2, DM Nick talks about revenging the basic D series modules. Could you help me find that link on your site? Many thanks, Adam.
3: Well, about revenging, um, <laughs> I, I, I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm trying to revenge a lot of things. <laughs> and... The most revenging thing I could do is to revenge the revenging of the revenge. I don't know what he's talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was an autocorrect. It meant to say revamping. I'm not sure.
3: I think he meant, you know what? I think it may be right. Revamping.
1: But I don't think you ever did revamp them. I think Will was doing the revamping.
3: I think it was Will. And he was, it wasn't me. I disavow everything.
1: Yeah, I think Will was revamping the Basic B series. I know he was doing... He was doing Pathfinder conversions.
3: Yes, he was.
1: Um, Palace of the Silver Princess he was doing for Pathfinder a while back, but I don't know what else he was revamping, but he never actually put anything up for revamping because we really couldn't do it because we didn't want to get sued by (sighs) Paizo. Yeah, that's it. No, don't don't want
3: that
2: happening.
1: Or by by Wizards. (laughs) (laughs) Screw them. Anyway. So that wraps up the emails for this week. You want to write us rfi staff at gmail.com or 5708654210, the hotline. Uh, Hopefully Adam will write us back and clarify what he means. Maybe he meant Will when he was talking about the Pathfinder modules. If so, then we can uh, get him in contact with Will, and maybe Will can give him his private notes or something. Mm. So let's head into our first segment of the night.
0: of all the evil creatures in the world. I had to find one with table manners. And what are you kidding me? I spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. Okay.
3: Table manners. And uh, I guess in um, celebration of the uh, new Godzilla film that is coming Godzilla. out. Oh, no, you Godzilla, run! <sighs> um that will be coming out i think in the middle of may uh there yeah. there is a a monster combat game called monster island the game of giant monster combat and we're going to talk a little bit about that today and just how the game works and some of the things uh that you can do in it and it's, it's pretty cool one shot type thing that you could probably do with i think it's gonna be like one of those games that you could pull out when you like the last podcast that we had uh, about, you know, what if everybody doesn't show up? This would be a real yeah. good filling game for something like that.
1: It's also a good game also if, if you go to your house and uh, say, like, the GM shows up and it's like, oh, I didn't have a chance to prepare or the GM doesn't show up because this is a GM-less game. Mm-hmm. There, there is no GM included with this game. You don't need one because yep.
2: everybody fights. There's no up. GM in the box? No. No, there's no GM in the box. Big, giant kaiju do not need GM.
3: No, they they do not.
2: They just smash.
1: So how many people grew up... So er, by a raise of voice, not hands, because you'll see you raise your hand, how many of us on this podcast have sat there when we were little kids watching the Godzilla movie and then played with our little Godzilla creatures and beat the crap out of everything except for Godzilla? Me! Yeah. Me. Me! Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So that's what this basically is. It's Monster Island. You get to pick any type of monster creature you want and create it through this book and fight each other. And it has rules for it. You know what Mm, the best thing thing is, Nick? Mm. The best thing is you can grab any toy or stuffed animal and create your creature based on what you see.
3: Yeah. That's, (laughs) I think that was one of the coolest things I saw about, about the rules here and you, yeah, whatever little like, I could have this statue, this little itty be statue of Cthulhu I have, and <laughs> I can make up stats for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he, as long as I follow, Yeah, as long as you follow... They say that no matter what size scale you're using, it could be from a Lego piece to a giant two-foot-tall thing, which would be kind of ridiculous, but you could still use it. Everybody's on the same level, the same height mm-hmm. of playing. So it doesn't matter how big your representation of your mini is. And the best thing is you have so many points to create a creature, and that's it. Everybody has the same amount of points, and you work from there. So everybody's on the same playing field.
3: Yep, and uh, and as far as when you do things like combat, it's measured in inches. So you get a ruler or a tape measure, yeah. and the rules are real easy on this. If your if you're, uh, whatever it is that you're using can pretty much touch the, the base of the other thing, or if it, it could turn and touch it, you're in hand-to-hand combat. Other than that, it's ranged stuff.
2: Yeah. And you just measure it out in inches. Yep. Or you could just use hex paper or or uh, graph paper. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter.
3: Battle mats yeah, would be really good. I like the idea of just, like, measuring it out. Yeah. Because that would take it I, to it, a whole other dimension of, like, you could play this outdoors in your yard. Yes. That would be so much fun. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> if you are a war gamer and have all that terrain, you can yes.
3: put it to use. Yes, you could.
1: I could see this game being played at like a gaming store, have like a, like a tournament one day. Everyone brings their own monster, and then they just set up the green uh, back. What is that? That green drop that they use is green paper or something. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or Hammer uses it a lot. You put it on the table. Everybody brings their own little uh, tape measure and then go to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Or if you want to take it outside, use the natural terrain right outside your front door. At that point, you
2: could actually just dress up as your kaiju.
3: You almost could. <laughs> yes. But we it, it won't just do that. That's a whole
2: it, other thing. and <laughs> We're turning it into a LARP. Kaiju no, LARP.
1: No,
3: no, you no, you, you make no, card,
2: cardboard no, houses. You stomp
3: no, and pick
1: up and throw at each other. No, just no. Just, you know uh, be cool if you go outside and you're playing on the ground and ants happen to be inside, uh, like, walking around?
2: They'd be part props. of the game. Yeah. 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 I i am now having a flashback to something. Um, Vince, have you ever heard of Kaiju Big Battle? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yes. Basically, yeah, Kaiju Big Battle is a LARP of this in a wrestling yeah. ring.
1: Yeah. Pretty much.
2: No way. Yes. I, I shall send you a link, Nick. Oh, I'll have to watch
1: that later. The greatest thing about this is you could take creatures from D&D, from AD&D, out of the monster manual, look at what they have and try to create your own creature and have battles that way too.
3: You could, like uh, O.T. and uh, Gorgons and who knows what else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're all so much fun. Yeah, same same scale level. We just kind of just follow the rules and adjust as you need.
3: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the rules are... If you if you look at the rules as even as far as creating your creatures, like your attributes, pretty basic stuff. So yeah,
1: you get thirty points to distribute amongst the attributes and the powers, and that's it. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's pretty broad as far as what your your attributes. You got strength, you know, reflex, mind and then there's some derived attributes like life and evade and toughness and all that
1: evade allows you to be able to move away daze is uh, your ability to, if you get hit hard, if you get stunned for a while yes. mm-hmm. uh, move move during a turn one thing I thought was really cute about this game remind me of like the old 80s video games yeah, or like the 80s movies that when the monster kills another monster he has to dance for a whole turn.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes
1: it, and if you're on an alliance team, the whole team has to dance when you destroy a monster for one yes. whole turn. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of cute. It reminded me of like, the old Japanese like games, and they all dance when oh. they beat something. Oh,
2: yeah. It, it actually reminds me of the old SNK game, King of Monsters, which is yeah. basically this game.
3: <laughs> well, you know, one of the cool things I thought about this is the powers. I thought they made the powers... I, I think when they looked at all the different kaiju movies and, and television series, they're like, you know, let's make this as broad as possible. So we're not going to make the, the the powers too specific. You as the player are going to define what your powers are based on what you buy, like like uh, all your different your absorption power. It's up to you of what your kaiju can absorb. Is it heat, cold, radiation, electricity, what? It's up to you what the absorption power is. Same as your your armor, is it actual like uh, exoskeleton, or is your your kaiju actually wearing like maybe metal armor? Maybe it's like a robot. Uh, all the all the powers seem to be like that, and that's pretty cool because you have some you have some. You could be very creative in how your kaiju is going to be uh, be made.
1: And the good thing about this is to say you're just like, yeah, screw it, I just want to play. They have a whole bunch of monsters in here for you. Yeah, yeah.
3: that's one of the cool things about this. You can go practically right into playing this game because, like you said, they have all a whole bunch of pre-made monsters that are based off all your favorite kaiju.
1: It's a really neat little game, and you can make up your own. I really like the fact you can make up your own monster. Just grab anything you want. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And then, I remember I got this a while back, and I was just like, oh, this is really cool. We have to review this sometime. And and I never was able to get the second half of this game because I couldn't find it anywhere.
3: Yeah, there's some advanced rules, huh?
1: Yeah, um, it's the Escape from Monster Island was supposed to be part two. I don't know if they ever actually sold it or not. They must have just sold it in a regular, not in PDF, because I was able to buy the PDF a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I never found the second one. I should probably look for the second one. It's supposed to be advanced rules for uh fighting against like tanks and stuff, so you can invade a city and actually make a campaign out of it and mm-hmm. that'd be kinda cool. Well, what do you think, Nick?
3: I really like this game. It's very simple. I'm just like looking at for example, looking at the uh just the combat, you know, simple and it's all D six, by the way, yeah. folks. Yeah. Just uh, grab so some six sided dice. It's all based yeah. that way.
1: Yep. It's in, the, uh, the same
3: way
2: and just how you do combats, all D6.
3: So
2: yeah. it's very much like a beer and pretzels game when it comes to the rules, because it's all about giant monsters smashing each other and not being a uh, tactical simulation.
3: Right. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. One, another cool thing about this is all the little quotes there's thrown in here and there from all the famous, uh, Kaiju movies like, um, from Destroy All Monsters, there's a quote which says, we think Godzilla will probably be the first to attack. Yeah. Or, it's Ghidorah! Ghidorah the space monster is going to attack them from the sky! <laughs> yeah.
1: Fight back! Bite
2: him, King Kong um, versus Godzilla. Yeah. Why? You gave me the,
1: the link for the Kaiju big battle, Matt? Yeah. Which you're going to put in the show notes so people can see. Why is someone dressed as a big giant can with two arms coming out of it? I don't know.
2: The How is that a can
3: monster? Well,
2: that is... Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. So
3: he's, with some he's the,
2: Yeah. He's the unfriendliest rogue consume. Uh, <laughs> his height is 100 meters. His weight is uh, 120 fluid tons. He's his, a giant can of soup? Yes. Yep. His attack is Kicking Noodle Stance, Chicken Bone Choke, and steamroller. MSG count 40%. His tagline is mm hmm bad. Enemy all human. All kaiju. Everyone. And his backstory in the Y2K crisis. uh, Maximum production levels forcing Katani's worker at having special bowl of chicken soup cooking on stove. Because not fresh acquired many special strength plus also preservative can. Big cleaver action gives scary function chases the weaker fiend. Roundish can be slippery and attacking the monster makes fighting always exciter. (laughs) Also, with product repackage, makes identity invisible, but always unfriendly inside. This is a translated page. I mean, (laughs) knowing them, it's
1: not. (sighs) Probably making fun of them, then. Okay. Yes. I do like the fact that it's just two arms, legs, and a big. he has a big butcher knife in his hand. (laughs) Yes. Inside of a can. Anyway. (laughs) I just had to point that That out. That was the other game. <laughs> yeah. The combat system is just real simple. It's 3d6 plus uh, whatever you're going to use your strength or your ranged attack. You add that bonus to that, get the total score. Match it versus, what was it the reflexes, I believe? Right. Yep. The yep, monster, if you tie it or get over it, pretty much like a d20 system, you hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you do your damage. It depends. You could do anywhere from 1d6 to like whatever your number is. It could be on upwards as 10d6. Yeah,
3: <laughs> pretty much.
1: So and, then, and, and then the example in there of Nick, Nick, by the way, hi. who makes a creature up, you make your own snail monster up, Nick, I see.
3: I would make a snail monster. That would be kind of my thing.
1: You can make a flint.
3: You know, I was thinking a, a flail snail would be an awesome monster.
1: Yeah. Yes. Could be. I wish they had, like, stats in here for, like, Godzilla and Gamera and stuff, because they don't have that for some reason.
3: Gamera they, is really neat. He is full of turtle
1: yeah, meat. Yeah,
3: we know. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We all love gamma rock.
1: It would have been cool if they included like the actual monster movie stats in there of all those creatures. Yeah, so.
3: but they probably weren't
2: allowed to. Yeah, at that point there's referenced- license. Yeah, but
3: they're- now it's okay. The reference, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, because they're doing that in like a filmography historical fashion. So at that point, they're just talking about the history of kaiju movies. And okay, so then you said like giant lizard. And made up a different name, and then right. Giant
1: Turtle made up a different name, and then you could have had the cre- – they, sh- they could have went out – they could have went the extra mile. that.
3: And- eh, I guess so. I guess so.
2: <laughs> yes. But I yeah, guess yeah. leave it up to your imagination. Right. Ah, uh, yes. In the section for Gamera, it says, ah, Gamera, Giant Turtle who is friend to children everywhere. Yes. And then it goes into his. I
3: love in the filmography, though, when he says today monster movies are part of popular culture. You can find them on television and on the big screen as major theatrical releases. Monster movies are a favorite target of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You just haven't really seen a Gamera movie until you've seen it on MST3K.
1: Yep.
3: (laughs) And that is so true.
1: (laughs) They also have some, that is very true, yeah, MST3K. They also have some really cool rules for alliances in the game. Mm. It's based off your creature's intelligence or mind, I think it is. So you can't just be like, yeah, you and your buddy go, we have two powerful creatures, we're going to team up and just beat the crap out of everybody. You have to actually, like, sit there and roll the creatures that are intelligent enough to converse back and forth to form an alliance. So if if Nick and I say we want to form an alliance, our two creatures spend a turn talking, we roll... Mm -hmm. And if we don't match the numbers of the minds versus each other, the two creatures just get pissed off at each other and start fighting instead.
3: (laughs) It's sort of like that scene in Godzilla versus Megalon where Godzilla meets Jet Jaguar, the robot. So they're kind of like, oh, okay, what do we do?
1: (laughs) And they kind of just nod at each other and they start beating the crap out of everybody. Yeah. (laughs) That's how monsters talk. They just nod. Mm hmm. Speaking of Godzilla, Mm. you've seen the Snickers commercial with Godzilla, right? Yes. (laughs) Now, I want to know something. So apparently Godzilla is a cool guy at nine feet tall when he's with his friends. But then when he gets pissed off, he becomes a 90-foot douche and starts destroying the world? Yes.
2: Godzilla hooks up.
0: Pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's cool and he's like nine feet tall. And all of a sudden, like, he gets pissed off and grouchy and he hasn't eaten anything. He turns to like 90 feet tall. Yeah, Mm
3: -hmm. yeah
1: makes no sense but it's funny
3: only in 90 feet i thought more, yeah.
1: yeah all right maybe 190 feet okay is that better
3: you know what though in this in this game there's one rule i have never seen in any other game and they have it here you know what rule What's i'm that? talking about vince no the, what? Rule, the rule of common sense
1: oh oh yeah, yeah yes
3: i was i've never seen that before i'm like it says no set of rules no matter how complete can cover every possible circumstance. The last rule of this game is the rule of common sense. Something comes up in your game that's not covered by the written rules, talk it over and agree on the most reasonable answer using your own common sense. The game I, yeah, wins hands down with that.
2: Yeah. You know. I think that's what order 6 calls the rule of cool if I yes. remember correctly. Yes. Pretty much that should be house ruled into every game. Yeah.
3: I'm just I'm just like kind of surprising you know they put it down in black and white I'm like wow these guys I like what they did here because <laughs> <laughs> some people need to have it spelled out for them and we all know those people don't we right mm-hmm.
2: rules lawyer that
3: yeah <laughs> common yeah. sense I don't have that <laughs> head no worky Um.
1: anyway <laughs> okay sounds good to me yeah and this was done so, by, what, Firefly Studios?
2: Yeah. Firefly Studios. Yep. Firefly Games. Firefly Games. Firefly yes.
1: Games. Yep.
3: At www.firefly-games.com. <laughs> yes. And it's not expensive.
1: No, I think that's the... Uh, they stopped making the game entirely. Oh. Now they have some kind of, like, I don't oh, know, shit. fruity... Something or other going on. Yeah, yeah. You can buy Monster Island PDF for a dollar ninety nine now.
3: I love their address though for the for the games published by Firefly Games forty five fourteen. Oh, Marconi Avenue.
2: Oh, it's oh. <laughs>
3: Sacramento, you, California.
2: If you go on their website, they have Escape from Monster Island for two dollars. Invasion of Monster Island two dollars. They've got more. Monster Island Battle Pack, 99 cents. Revenge of Monster Island. So there's like five supplements. They also have Battleground, New York City. Oh. Ten pages uh, basically covers New York City, the layout, the boroughs, key buildings, landmarks, and defenders oh, of the big fun. Al- Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. my God. I could kill Greenwich Village like I've always wanted to. It also includes rules for battle set in the 1930s. No oh, way. Cool. Yes. Two dollars.
3: Here we come.
2: Two dollars and ninety five cents. I
3: just like the idea that I can go through Greenwich Village and kill all the hipsters.
2: Yep. Then they also have Los Angeles. And but no, if you really want to get the most hipsters for your uh, foot stomp, Battleground San Francisco, ninety nine cents.
3: Oh, I'm so there.
2: Revenge of the Monster Island in
1: Tokyo. So you could destroy Tokyo.
3: Yay. Yes. Oh, but that's been
2: done. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, and then see, then there's the Monster Island Battle Pack that has printable it's, colored it's, figures. Oh, also, are you the way. Yep. Also includes dossiers and figures for five brand new monsters. Hey. Yeah. And, is this on their own site, or is this going through drive-through? Uh, this is off their own site. If you go into their catalog, uh, one of the categories is Monster Island. Yeah.
1: I think the Escape from Monster Island is different. They must have updated it since I got it. Because I'm looking so at it. So it
3: sounds like if he had 10 bucks, you could buy a lot of stuff for this game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Escape from Monster Island looks like it's a different one than the one that I have. No, it's the same one.
2: Okay. There's a yeah. Monster Island two-for-one special. Oh, it's not product not found when I click on it. Sad face. Oh.
3: Unhappy. Yes.
1: Was well, a Monster Island a game of giant monster combat? And then I have Escape from Monster Island. That's the second part I was
2: looking for. Okay, yeah, cool.
3: Escape from Monster Island is the like their advanced rules, I guess. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's Invasion of Monster Island, where aliens come down. Oh,
3: there we go.
2: It also has new eight military units rules for fights in outer space. Oh. <laughs> How about underwater combat? Combat. Let's see here. Revenge huh. of Monster Island is that's Tokyo with alien fleets, rumbles in big cities, new powers, and monsters. There's just so much good kaiju goodness on this. That
3: sounds fun. Yeah, for about ten bucks, folks, you can. <laughs> yeah. You can get most of the supplements and everything right there. Do yeah. they accept PayPal? <laughs> yeah. Because well, if so- they do, I'm so set.
1: Let's see. Buy now. And add the cart. Check out. Check out. You probably got to sign up. And yeah, new customer continue. We'll let Matt do it. Put it on the RFI account. Yeah. So while Matt's doing that, we'll have to say you. this is the end of the podcast now. And uh, we'll be back next week. We're keeping it original, keeping it old school with some more wonderful things to review. If you have anything you want to review, give us a Shout out to RFI staff at gmail.com. Try to say it's something that relates to something versus the 80s or AD&D first edition. So good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: It's good don't run.
2: Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with D20Radio.com. You can visit us at RFIPodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative.